everyone, my name's Nicole. I'm Brenna. I'm Reed. And this is FitClick. This is a podcast where we talk about fan fiction. Each episode, the three of us bring a fic to talk about, and this episode, Brenna is up first. So, Brenna, what's your fic? Yeah, my fic for this ep is We Were Meant for Love, We Were Meant for This by Atlantis Airlock. Uh, It's a fic for the 2018 movie Crazy Rich Asians, and the pairing is for Astrid and Rachel. Nick, what's yours? My fic for this episode is called Some Summers They Drop Like Flies by Kvikindi which is a Marvel fic for Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to mess this up so much in this episode, but it is directly after the Winter Soldier. And it is basically a character study around Natasha, but it does explore her platonic relationship with Nick Fury. Reed, what did you bring? My fic is Angles of Unfair Advantage by Misandry Witch. It's for the fandom Check Please, and the pairing is Shitty Knight Kent Parson. Wow. Can you hear that outside? It's the sound of leaves falling. Everyone, autumn is here. (laughs) Perfect (laughs) click and also for the northern hemisphere. (laughs) And we're all very excited. Um, It's actually really hot here, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. So, um, well, I think it's okay, but I'm not feeling the spirit of autumn quite yet. Um, So I have found myself recently trying to do things that make me feel autumnal, even though they don't make sense so I have this candle that I've been lighting too hot in my room but I do it anyway or like the way that I'm dressing too warm but I'm doing it anyway Uh, I'm just ready you know I'm ready for it to happen I've never experienced a fall allegedly they have those where I live now so excited about that (laughs) that's what I've heard (laughs) we'll see how it is when it comes but yeah I don't know I was thinking about the season change and everything and it actually made me think a lot about my reading and writing habits and how sometimes those actually do change with the seasons. I mean, not always. We literally did a Yuletide in July episode a while back. But yeah, I don't know. I think that was something that I kind of wanted to talk about with my co-hosts and open up a greater conversation with the FitClick community, as you do, about like seasonal reading and seasonal writing and how you get into the zone and the mood, especially because when you start writing something, you don't usually post it right away. So you're like writing half a season ahead sometimes if you're doing it that way. So I don't know. I just was wondering if either of you had ever had any feelings or experiences around that kind of a thing. Can I first chime in with my um, seasonally appropriate but not temperature appropriate activity that I partook in recently? Um, Which I guess also... uh, it's not technically autumn yet. I did just Google it, and the first day of fall is September 22nd. But Yeah, my mom oh, keeps no. telling me that. I'm like, it's fall, and she's like, not yet. And I'm like, okay, but you can't say September is summer. That feels wrong. Right. Oh, <laughs> well, I thought I was good yeah. by the time this came out. Never mind. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> Fall's around the corner. <laughs> it's fall in our hearts. Um, yeah, yesterday I went to go visit a friend, and I sat out on their deck, and it was like a lovely, I don't know, like mid-70s or something. The sun was out, like perfectly pleasant. Um, but in the spirit of things, because we both really enjoy fall and also a warm spiced drink, I bought cider and a bunch of spices. 
to mull it with and we made mold spice cider with cinnamon sticks and cloves and nutmeg perfect for mid-70s fahrenheit literally and we like (laughs) we put them in these glasses that literally said refreshingly ice cold drink (laughs) and sat out on the deck looking at the like bright sunny sky and i was like well that's okay i'm committed um it was delicious it just was also it it could have been about like 10 degrees cooler maybe it's the thought that counts Mm -hmm. yeah exactly yeah, I can't say that I've really launched myself into autumnal activities yet. Um, I am a huge fan of an autumnal activity. Um, it has been in the mid to high 80s here. Um, so it doesn't really feel like the time quite yet. I also can't wear all my little sweaters, um, <laughs> which I am very fond of. <laughs> uh, like currently I'm wearing jean shorts, so it doesn't quite feel like autumn yet. Um my main autumnal activity thus far has really just been smelling all of the candles at Target and Home Goods, which I do do all year round, but the fall candles and winter candles are my favorites. Yeah. Spring candles can fuck off. They have no business <laughs> in my life. <laughs> um, I just don't really care for like a very like fruity or like super floral candle. I like like a spicy woods kind of ca- candle. So I have mm, been smelling Real manly those. candle. Um, yeah, real manly candle. <laughs> Um, I was really tempted at Target today, but I did refrain. Um, oh, you you listeners can't see this, but my co-hosts, I did buy a candle that's shaped like a little cauldron. <laughs> it's oh, that's cute. so good. And I ordered it online, and then my parents were like, why are you buying cauldron-shaped candles <laughs> and having them shipped to our house when you're moving in like a month, and we'll just have to pack all of this? And I said, yes, I know, but I really wanted it. Yeah. So I guess this- You can carry uh, it on your person when you move. Yeah, this cauldron candle um, will be coming with me, and it's your one personal item. <laughs> it's my one personal. It's my it's my personal carry on. So wow. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Terrible economy of space. That did just remind me that um, last winter, Ficklet and Friend of the Pod Stifled Laughter sent candles to the three yes, of us. Yes, I have mine. And um, one of my candles that I got is like cinnamon spiced scented. So it is the perfect time to break that back out again. I'm very excited. Yeah, I have my like Yuletide log candle Mm -hmm. so yeah that one will definitely be in use soon yeah i have my fit click after dark candle (laughs) (laughs) that's that one out that's 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 year round baby it really is it's year round it is um free of any time zone restrictions at any point i could go into the discord server's fit click after dark channel and Mm -hmm. see many a thing Mm -hmm. not always things i want to see but you know that's fine I will say, Nick, back to your original question about seasonal reading and writing. (laughs) Maybe I just noticed it like this summer more than others, but I feel like I feel like there are like arcs of fests, like fic fests. um, And specifically in K-pop fandom, it feels like somewhere there was kind of an explosion of like a lot of like overlapping writing periods or just like claiming periods and stuff. Um, And I know that there are some things in the works, but it, it does kind of feel like as the season is transitioning, we're coming out of sort of the reveals phase for a lot of different fests and I haven't seen much advertising for like new stuff mm-hmm. um which does make me wonder like we're all tired <laughs> everyone's tired but also like are people turning an eye already to like exchanges like seasonal exchanges or are they doing like own personal stuff things yeah. like that like I know for me as soon as it hits like 
October, my brain is like matchups for our rec exchange or like maybe like writing exchanges that I want to sign up for or just like various things like are all going to start cascading yeah. in. Mm-hmm. So this is my Brenda's breath before that up. happens. My birthday is the event of the year. So <laughs> 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 everyone just pencil that one in real quick. Uh, you'll want to stay tuned. January mm-hmm. 15th. That's not right, but thank you. <laughs> I thought it would be nice because, like, your birthday passes and you think that people didn't celebrate it, but then you get a pleasant surprise when they do days later. I mean, I definitely don't mind belated birthday gifts. It's kind of nice to, like, drag it out, but it also does make me sad if people just get it wrong. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well, what are you going to do? Um, yeah, I think that's a really good point, though, Reed. It does feel like a lot of fests wrapped up recently. Like, I have a ton of friends who've been posting for various fests or exchanges that they participated in this summer. Like, my timeline has just been, like, filled with, like, either the fests themselves posting or, like, my friends posting their works. Um, and, yeah, I do feel like it's coming up on people kind of knowing that they're going to sign up for either, like, seasonal fests or exchanges. Uh, everyone, obviously, is participating in our rec exchange, so I'm yeah. sure that's on their minds. <laughs> Um, Yuletide, I feel like, is a big one that's coming up not too long from now. Um, so if you're participating in that, that's probably on your agenda as well for the fall winter season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I my fifth fic of the summer is about to post very soon. Yeah. I'll be free <laughs> from the clutches of the event that I participated in. <laughs> and that's going to be my fifth that posted in the span of three weeks maybe that's absolutely bonkers dude <laughs> yeah the people subscribed to me on ao3 are really going through it right now i think <laughs> i was literally just gonna say i love like, being hey, subscribed to an ao3 because it's like another notification another notification <laughs> what's up also the three of us um along with friend of the pod cassie just participated in pod mm-hmm. together um so reveals for that i think at this point all of the reveals are out um, I mean, certainly at the time that this episode comes out, yes. Uh, many, many, many days of posting. Many good works that I'm excited to dig into. As with any fest that I'm following, my marked for later has grown by like three pages I'm and I'm suffering. I'm completely buried in fan fiction to read from this summer. It's ridiculous. So many good things came out all at once. Yeah. I do think that goes also into like seasonal reading as well as like seasonal writing. Like... I definitely have some fix that I always think of as like winter fix. Like when mm-hmm. we get into more like December, January, there's a few that I will probably go back and like reread or things I have in my marked for later that I'm kind of like saving. Um, I feel like this year, more so than pretty much any year since like maybe middle school, I've been reading actual published books um, that yeah. aren't for school um, also because, yeah, I did read a lot in college, but it was pretty much all for educational purposes. Um And I have found myself, like, putting a lot of books aside to try and read in fall and winter. Like, over the summer, I read a lot of romances and just, like, fluffier things um, because I felt like that's what I wanted to read on, like, airplanes and, like, on vacation and stuff. Um, And, yeah, I have a lot of, like, kind of, like, mysteries and, like, dark academia books set aside for fall. So um, I'm really excited to be able to, like, get into those, especially once my library holds come in. Um, (laughs) Managing my Libby holds is a full-time job. (laughs) Because I can't let them, like, if I've been on hold for, like, 16 weeks, I don't want to lose my spot, but sometimes I'm not ready for it yet. So then you have to carefully use the little, like, deliver later (laughs) slider. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I check on that pretty frequently to make sure uh, I'm going to get the books in by fall that I want to (laughs) read. 
but yeah i'm excited for like when it starts actually getting a little bit colder i can start lighting my candles and like reading some of those a little bit like spookier books i can't read actual horror i tried recently and like had to dnf it because i was like oh no this is icky (laughs) but just like atmospheric mysteries is something I'm definitely like looking forward to more um so also if anyone has fic recs that they think fall into that like I love a good case fic I love a mystery like hit me up I'll dm you later Brenna okay thanks (laughs) (laughs) that did remind me I did just start reading Harrow the Ninth which uh spooky well is it spooky? I, d- I don't know what's going on. I and neither does Harrow. It's a Halloween book. Like, there's a lot of bones. A lot bones. of bones. Yeah. Um, yeah, that definitely fits. I think the, like, horror-esque vibes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I've been thinking about it with writing, too. Like, I, I, I've been trying very hard to think about the time at which what I'm writing is taking place for once in my life. Um, I'm plotting out a very long fic right now and like just doing a lot of prep work, which I don't usually do. So I'm like plot mapping and making location and character profiles and stuff. It's a whole thing. Uh, Making your characters blonde when I text you photos of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, it's a whole scene. He goes to the salon. It's like really important to his development. (gasps) Oh, Oh, I love that. It's like literally like it's a character moment. Oh, that makes me so happy. (laughs) Yeah, thank you, Reed, uh, for the inspiration. But I've been thinking Mm -hmm. about that a lot of like, I I almost never write anything set in the fall for whatever reason. I'm really partial to summer and to late spring or like the tail end of winter. Like those maybe six or seven months altogether are the ones that I tend to gravitate towards way more than others. So I'm like trying to pay attention and maybe, maybe I'll do something a bit autumnal. Uh, before it's time or I just won't say what time of year it is and then you'll see like the wind was frigid or whatever and it's like yeah that's nice Nicole (laughs) because that shows up in like so many fics that I write (laughs) yeah I don't know I just wanted to talk about it I thought it was a fun little topic and maybe ficlets if you have any practices around seasonal reading or writing we would love to hear about them especially if they're like very particular fics or books or anything that come up for you as the seasons change help us all get in the mood together Speaking of reading, Rachel's mom in this fic reads the signs and notices that Rachel has fallen in love. Brenna, what's your fic? Yeah, so as I mentioned in our intro, my fic for this episode is We Were Meant for Love, We Were Meant for This by Atlantis Airlock. Uh, This is a fic for the 2018 movie Crazy Rich Asians. Um, And it is tagged for the movie, not so much the book. So I think it's mostly based off of that canon. I have not read the book, so I'm not totally clear on like the differences between the two. But we're going to discuss it based on movie because that's what all three of us have seen. So great. (laughs) Uh, The pairing for this is Astrid and Rachel. Um, So as we all know, Rachel is sort of our main protag of the movie. Uh, In the movie, she's with Nick. Um, For this fic, they like broke up and did not really get back together. There was never like the dramatic airplane proposal scene. Rachel just left and went back to New York. Um, A little while later, she finds out that Astrid has left her cheating husband and has also moved to New York with her uh, young son Um, and they reconnect with Rachel and things progress from there. Um, There aren't really any content warnings for this. Like a character gets sick briefly, but it's very mild and easily taken care of. Um, Yeah, overall, it's a very lighthearted, pretty like domestic feeling fic. So I don't think there's any big 
uh, warnings for this one. Um, yeah, so there were a few reasons I wanted to bring this. I mean, one, we're always striving to bring new fandoms that we haven't discussed, and this is definitely a new one for us. Also, we talk a lot about guys falling in love, so I thought it might be fun to talk about someone different. <laughs> so today, I have two women falling in love, which is exciting. Um, yeah, I definitely don't read enough fan fiction that is not just like two men um and am trying to like break out of that a little bit more and read characters with different gender identities so uh this is part of my journey in that regard <laughs> um so I think that's definitely something I want to get into and just like the ways fan fiction treats characters differently or not differently if they have different gender identities. Um, so that's definitely something I want to dig into. Uh, also, like we've done some heavy fix in last uh, the last few episodes <laughs> and a lot of long fix. Uh, so this one's pretty short, a pretty easy read. It definitely feels like straight up fan fiction, like classic. You got all your tropes. <laughs> uh, so it was just a fun little read, I thought. Um, and just something kind of, like, refreshing uh, after dealing with some heavier topics just to, like, watch two people fall in love. Um, I'm also a big fan of sort of, like, canon divergent fics, um, and this one, I think, does that really well. So I'm excited to get into it with my co-hosts. Uh, but before I dig into my own thoughts, what did you two think? Yeah, I was really delighted when you were like, I'm bringing this fic and it's tropey and it's fluff and they fall in love. And I was like, Brenna. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. She's turning over a new leaf. Haha, <laughs> no fall pun intended. Wow. Sorry, I'm still there. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I totally agree. I think last episode, I think, when we were bringing fics, um, Rhea had a couple options and I was like, can we just do some fluff? Like, I'm tired. <laughs> and it takes a lot to get me there. <laughs> So I did very much appreciate that we got a bit of a break from processing heavy emotions on this podcast, <laughs> which is not what I ever thought we would be doing. But, you know, sometimes it just happens. <laughs> and I say that as the usual perpetrator of bringing heavy emotions to process. But um, it was just nice. And like, I don't know, the it's funny seeing this movie with the two of you and some friends is like a very positive memory for me. So it was very fun to get back to it. I feel like it was somewhat early in the three of our friendship. Um, so it just made me happy to like reminisce about that and about these characters that I really like. Uh, Rachel slash Astrid is the logical ship to come out of yeah. this movie with, in my mm -hmm. opinion. <laughs> like it's the, it's the move. So thank you, author, for seeing that and understanding it um yeah i don't know there's so much like this this fic is multiple tropes in a trench coat and i love that too i always love seeing how they interact with each other and um what the different elements are and how they come together so very very feel good if you're looking to just like have some fun <laughs> then this is a good fic to just pick up pretty breezy read it felt on the shorter side for the word count in a way that i liked it was really easy to move through and just enjoy and not have to sit and like meditate deeply upon every line that you read sometimes you just want to take a bit of a break and get some escapism yeah nick it's funny you say that because i was also thinking about the time we saw crazy rich asians um that movie had such an impact on me that so a couple months ago my parents were watching a movie and i like wasn't watching it with them and from another room i started to hear the cover of yellow mm -hmm. that is the end of the movie and i literally like ran slid on my socks into the room and I was like you're watching Crazy Rich Asians and they were like how did you know that and I went, because this song made me tear up in a movie theater yeah yeah I like um, cried at the end oh yeah yeah 
It was a very good cover, a very good end of the movie. Yeah. Feel good movie and uh this, as you both have said, a very feel good fic. Um it's funny because as you both were saying, like, oh, like this is a, a nice tropey fic. I was thinking about how a couple episodes ago I brought the Cowboys AU and we were talking about how that is a very like tropey fan fiction fic, which it is, but in such a different way. Yeah. Like the Cowboy AU was not like incredibly heavy, but it was not this like this fic has sick fic. It is cute baking scene. It's like a little bit of kid fic. It's like, you know, it's it's just got like when you say tropes stacked in a trench coat. Comforting your love the, like, interest after they have a breakup with someone else. Yeah, of course. That classic trope. <laughs> it kind I of mean, is. Like, it it definitely is in like rom coms and like romance oh, yeah. books and all of that as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, the scene where, yeah, they're baking and, like, Astrid, like, flicks some flour onto Rachel's face. I In my notes, I was like, who amongst us hasn't written, like, yeah. a sappy baking scene? Because I have. I've written. Okay, Brenna's making a face. <laughs> but you know what? I have. You know no, I, I don't have write two. that I much, though. Two, so worry. it's like, I'm sorry. Is that in my, like, 1K Yuletide Westworld <laughs> fic? Like, I don't think so. <laughs> what? Your been. Westworld that fic didn't have, like, it. cute, tropey baking scene? <laughs> yeah, so. Maybe maybe this upcoming Yuletide. Yeah, you can, yeah. You can incorporate it. Maybe when you make write it like your, your secret like Yuletide, Yuletide challenge pick from last year, Brenna. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> I told you how my concept for it. I really don't think it's gonna have a trophy baking scene. <laughs> That's true. That's okay. That's okay for this upcoming Yuletide. Okay, okay, you'll write yeah. your like party favor or whatever it's called. And then your secret challenge from the two of us is you have to include a trophy baking okay, scene. Okay, okay. I'll I do guess my best. It's probably not that much of a secret if we're <laughs> talking about it on mic. <laughs> well, Considering how many people participate in Yuletide, mm-hmm. relatively If you listen secret. to the pod and you receive a fic that seems to have a really, like, unnecessary, gratuitous baking scene that, like, clashes a lot with the tone. It wasn't not, me. It, it wasn't it's me. It's probably not, Brenna. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, anyway, about this fic, though. Yes, just, like, fully agreed on all fronts. Uh, feel Like, a feel-good fic. Um, I did love Astrid and Rachel a lot in the movie, um, both as individual characters and... Um, like in their lovers. dynamic with one another. Yes, as and as lovers as was implied clearly. <laughs> um I will say this was entirely a personal problem. There is a Crazy Rich Asians BTSAU that like Nick and I have both talked about but mostly Nick that I happened to reread like somewhat recently like maybe like <laughs> two or so months ago. And when I started reading this fic, I was like, "Oh no." There are some things that, like, I know were from the fic. Like, I was like, yes, like, Namjoon goes to, like, Jimin's apartment with his mom. But I was like, but was that a scene that was also in the Crazy Rich Asians movie? Or was it just this fic? So I briefly had fear that I was going to um, confuse, like, what was in the canon and what was in this fic and what was in the other AU. But uh, it was all fine. As it turns out, there was a scene in this fic that was, like, the other fic as well with the, like, going to the mom's apartment mm-hmm. and having a cute food scene. So I was like, it's okay. Because now it happened in both fics and also... Like, I, I got my footing pretty quickly, but I, I was a little bit worried about making a fool of myself. Yeah, I mean, on that note, I also do think that you can read this without knowing the source material very well. Mm-hmm. I think it helps to know that, like, Astrid was married to this guy and Rachel was gonna get engaged to Nick and then that was a whole issue and she had a bad time there. But I feel like the fic does a pretty good job of orienting you and it doesn't lean too heavily on any specific things in the movie that it doesn't explain in the text. Yeah, and I think one thing that this fic does really well is, like, how it establishes its canon divergence, like, right from the, like, outset. Like, there's a couple lines in the very beginning that are basically, like, in another world, Rachel could have had this, and it's the ending of the movie. And then it's like, but this is not that world. (laughs) And I thought it was such a clever way to establish, like, here is where the break in canon happens, 
and the author just sort of goes from there. It's nice that it doesn't really, like, confuse its, like, plot lines, especially because it happens sort of towards the end of the movie. So you have all of the bases of canon, and then you see the direction the author chooses to go with it. And it makes complete sense. Like, what the author wrote feels like it could have been where the movie went, were the directors, etc., not cowards, um, (laughs) who are trying to hide the truth of Rachel Astrid from us. Yeah. Yeah. I do think, like, it is a very readable fic if you have not seen the movie and just have minimal knowledge. I do think it is helpful to know both that, like, they were with these other guys, but also, like, I think that also, like, adds just, like, a pinch of sort of, like, angst to it. Like, this is not an angsty fic, but I think we kind of, if you've seen the movie, then you have this more backstory that helps you understand what the characters are up to and like their feelings in this fic because I think another part that does kind of come into play around the edges of this fic but like isn't really touched on as directly is Astrid's family which is also Nick's family Nick and Astrid are cousins um so that's sort of what Rachel experienced for the first time in the movie is like being introduced to this whole big family that's how she meets Astrid they have this very like Astrid's sort of, like, the only one on her side amongst all of these kind of mean girls who would rather Rachel break up with Nick and stuff. Um, And, like, Nick's family overall, except for, like, a few of the cousins, aren't very welcoming to Rachel. So I think kind of knowing that also helps us understand uh, Astrid's feelings in this fic, having sort of also run away from her family, like, larger sort of extended family um, in this as well after her divorce from Michael, because that does kind of come into play. Um... There's a scene where Rachel's talking to one of her friends uh, who she met in college, but also lives in Singapore now. And like she met up with when she in the movie when she went to visit like Nick's family with him. Um, And the friend is sort of explaining like how pissed the family is at Astrid. And Rachel's sort of like, well, Nick left. And the friend's like, well, yeah, but Nick came back. Like Astrid's not going to come back. Um, I think that does sort of impact how we read the fic and like, Also, like, Rachel and her mom sort of making this new space for Astrid in this fic is, like, a really central part to that. And I think our understanding of uh, Astrid and Nick's family as sort of being a little bit more, like, really tough on the loyalty front, like, either you're with them or against them kind of feeling, um, sort of helps inform us into our, like, wanting Astrid to have this new space with Rachel and her mom. Yeah, and I think on that, too, um, like, a pretty central thing in the movie is that Amongst a host of reasons, one of the reasons why Nick's family is, like, not very welcoming to Rachel is there is the expectation that Nick is going to come back and sort of assume the family business and all these things. And the way the movie goes, like, he's able to find a compromise, like, so that everyone's happy. But the way that this fic goes, he doesn't. Like, Rachel and Nick break up, and then you find out maybe, like, halfway into the fic that Nick has, like, succeeded his father in the business and is, like, doing well. And I think, like, that was a really impactful scene for me knowing the canon of yes like you have this contrast of Nick sort of folded to what his mom wanted and to what was sort of like one of the central points of tension in the movie and then Astrid didn't like Astrid walked away from that whole structure and that adds even more weight to sort of like her relationship with Rachel so one other thing I kind of want to talk about with this fic like I mentioned in my little intro for it is just the fact that like in this fic it is two women who are falling in love um And yeah, most of the time we're reading fic about men. We don't like fan fiction in general likes to write about men. (laughs) Like, and I think so for both probably our own personal reading and then what we bring to this pod, like 
it does skew heavily male in terms of our characters. And I think it is nice to sometimes get a little bit of gender diversity on in here. Um, this uh, kind of just switches to the other end of the binary with like two cis women, <laughs> but it is a fun diversion. Um, and something I was thinking about while reading through this fic is like how the other characters in it treat Rachel and Astrid's like budding romance. Um, Rachel's mom in particular is like a pretty central side character in this. She's around through a lot of it and definitely like someone who kind of has Rachel's back through this. Like we see that in the movie too. Her mom is definitely like the one who's on her side like through it all and like is gonna still be there regardless of the outcome with Nick. Um, and I think we see that continue on in this fic. But something I thought was kind of funny is like how in this fic like at least from Rachel's POV, because that's who we're sort of following more closely. She doesn't really realize her feelings for Astrid through most of it. Like, they're getting closer, and she obviously likes spending time with her, but other people sort of have to push her towards the, like, you're clearly in love with her kind of thing, which I think happens a ton in fan fiction. Like, another trope in the trench trench coat full of tropes (laughs) here. Um, But I was just thinking about it in terms of, like, so often, I think women who have an interest in other women um it gets treated as just friendship you know we always talk about like historical queer figures who it's like oh historians will say they're just friends and that goes for any gender but I think especially like for people who aren't men like it can be just like oh but that's just like your close friend that's just your gal pal like and I was it was kind of nice and refreshing to see the side characters in this especially Rachel's mom be like no like you're in love with her like this is this is romantic this is romance this isn't just like a close friendship and I felt like that was also how it goes for a lot of times with Vic with just like men um and I just thought that was like an interesting move that in this there wasn't really the sort of like brushing off of just like oh this is a close like female friendship or whatever and not like and it it really did recognize it as something romantic pretty like early on in this and like pretty straightforwardly um yeah and that's obviously not to say like (laughs) I don't want to sound like I'm essentializing gender down to just men and women (laughs) uh we just don't read a lot of fics with like non-binary characters or characters who are stepping outside of the gender binary and like these two are just cis women in this so that's sort of why I was drawing that comparison with other fics that we've read that are like cis men but it would also be nice to like branch out from that too and read more characters who are in other places on a gender identity spectrum Mm -hmm. yeah and like reading the stories in that vein that are potentially just like straightforward romance and not yeah like, exactly. grappling with identity I think all those stories are important but I, I see what you're saying Brad um yeah I think one thing I liked too in that vein was that Rachel was a little bit oblivious for part of this fic about her feelings but she was oblivious in a way that like a main character in a fic is oblivious not yeah. in a way that like she's dismissing their relationship or anything she was just doing the like oh I couldn't possibly fall in love with Astrid here are all of the reasons and it's like those reasons are silly Rachel it's time for love Um, (laughs) and so she obviously then falls in love and it's great Um, but I think that was something that I really liked too and especially like I feel like we don't get to see some of these like fun rom-commy tropes and fic especially with like adult women 
I feel like so often it's like teens or like, I don't know, college aged, whatever. Like these are women who like have careers and have lives and have all of these things. Like they know who they are and what they want and what they would want from each other. And I really, really liked that too. I think it added for me um, just to the experience of reading this. I think sort of along the lines of like rom-commy tropes, something that I found really funny in a great way was like, Rachel is a woman on a mission, and when she sets her mind on something, that's it. That's the course yes. she's taking. Like, there's a bit where Astrid is like, oh, I think Nick is still in love with you, and like a light bulb. Rachel's like, oh, but I'm not in love with him. And just immediately after that, it's like, it's like the sun is shining, the tank is clear, like that vibe <laughs> of like, suddenly like all of the weight that she didn't even realize that she was holding had sort of been lifted from her, and she realized with like clarity that she was just over it like the breakup was not affecting her the same way that like it had when they first had broken up or like the way she even had thought it was and I was like god I I, like wish that was how it worked for most people in life that it's like oh you know what that's it I'm done I'm moving on and like same thing where Nick was saying she sort of was oblivious to her own feelings but once her mom had pointed it out and once she had sort of sorted through like okay like maybe this is how I feel she was like nothing else but to go for it and was like Astrid I love you and I was like I love this forwardness Rachel, like, decides what she's feeling and just marches ahead and, like, God bless. Is it, um, is the movie 500 Days of Summer where Joseph Gordon-Levitt has that little scene where he's, like, walking down the sidewalk and suddenly there's, like, cartoon little bluebirds and, like, everyone does a little (laughs) musical number? (laughs) I'm nearly positive it is that one, yeah. Because, like, that's exactly kind of how it feels like Rachel's New York became. Like, if this was a movie, I kind of would expect everyone behind her to, like, fall into (laughs) song and dance. And now it's time for the dance number. (laughs) Exactly. And it's not not it's not a musical. It's just like there's this one number after (laughs) Rachel has this realization. Yeah. Yeah, I really liked too how much the plot was in service of them figuring stuff out. As much as Rachel was on a mission, this fic was also on a mission. Like, coming out the gates with a sick fic moment, yeah, like, we're doing it. We're getting vulnerable. We're, like, seeing each other in a state that we've never seen each other in before. Especially Astrid, who is, like, so put together and beautiful Mm. and composed. And she's just like, eh. No, she's not really like that in the fic, but, you know, that's how I would be in her position, probably. Well, plus, like, with the kid there, too. Like, it's a whole other level. You're right, sick fic and sick kid fic, briefly. Don't worry, the kid is fine. (laughs) Yeah, sick kid fic is potent, so. (laughs) Uh Sick kid fic and mom fic arriving because she's there when there's the sick kid. Mm -hmm. There's a lot happening in that initial scene, but like it does so much work. Like we are skipping past the pleasantries and I really liked that. I think that it made a lot of sense as the initial decision in a fic where things are just happening. I feel like it also kind of ties into how I was saying earlier that the fic is like immediately like here's the canon divergence and here's where I'm going. And so it's like, okay, I'm throwing out the ending of the movie. And then two scenes later, it's Astrid calling like I'm sick. Like it, like you said, it, it's on a mission. It knows what it wants to do. And it, it takes you there swiftly in a way that I like really enjoyed. Yeah. And I think along the lines of how that first scene really brings in like Astrid and her son and Rachel and her mom, the source material is obviously all about family. Um, And I really liked that this fic continued to prioritize and really utilize familial connections. I think a lot of fic doesn't do that, and I understand why I am the same way. (laughs) Like, maybe sometimes they'll have a quick phone call with a parent or something, but um, 
I don't know. It's so interesting. I think that because so much fic is found family, we often see negative relationships with people's family of origin in those fics. And so it was really nice for me to see like positive, supportive relationships between family and the way that Rachel and Astrid were supporting each other. And that came with their families. And, you know, there's baggage with Astrid's family that Rachel has. Um, but it was addressed and acknowledged and I don't know I just really like the way that the fic navigated that and I think the source material lent itself very well to that kind of an exploration of like how family can be a positive and powerful thing in a person's life all right so that was we were meant for love we were meant for this by Atlantis Airlock um a very sweet and cute fic uh that deals with sort of domesticity and family both uh the one you are born with and the one that you make um and yeah just a very refreshing change of pace for us in a few different ways would highly recommend if you're looking for a feel-good little read um and part of it does take place in like the winter time season so along with our discussion of seasonal reads uh yeah this takes place with like chinese new year and stuff so it's got that as well so my fic was about a character finding a new sense of home in a new city this next fic is about a character who can't seem to find a sense of home anywhere Uh, (laughs) 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 sorry natasha nick what's your fic (laughs) brutal My fake for this episode is Some Summers They Drop Like Flies, that's F-L-Y-S, in case you're searching it up, by AO3 user Kvikindi, and it is a fic for Marvel, post-Captain America, The Winter Soldier. It is based on basically the aftermath of what Natasha specifically goes through after that movie and after she like uploads all the files and everyone's like, oh my god, Black Widow. Uh, I-, I assume that's how that goes down after the movie ends. And it's really her just navigating the world as a a much more visible person than she's used to as a spy. It's coming to terms with her decision, reflecting on her past. It also really explores her relationship with Nick Fury and him taking her in and the impact that he's had on her life. In the movie, he fakes his death, I think. I really don't know. They never explained how he pulled that off. He seemed to have died and then he was alive. Yay. So... It explores like the impact that that had on her and her trauma and everything. I would say that there aren't really any content warnings for this fic that are not covered by the material from the movie and from Marvel in general. It's very canon typical and it aligns very, very closely with the canon of Captain America, the Winter Soldier. I'm getting... Everyone, I'm just going to lay this out now. I keep wanting to say Civil War. Every time I say this, I like really want to and I have to catch myself. I'm going to mess it up at some point. So I'm just warning you now. I'm just going to like insert like little like buzzer noises or like a little like pinging noise um, like after the fact in editing. So it's like Civil War, ping, the Winter Soldier. I'm going to do my best, <laughs> but it's not. I'm looking at the AO3 like fandom tag and additional tags reading the Winter Soldier and I still want to say Civil War. <laughs> anyway, I think the content warnings are generally very kin and typical and pretty much covered. Um, Natasha does remember and think about in the narration uh, violence that she committed as a child and then also against a child when she was somewhat older. So FYI. But 
yeah, that's um, that's basically the fic. I don't feel like I need to give too much more. Just about Natasha, she is Russian spy who came to be an Avenger. <laughs> that's like basically her backstory. <laughs> you get a lot more of it in this fic, but this is basically a character study, and I just really. I liked the writing, I liked the framing of it, and Natasha is my girl. I was not really a Marvel fandom person, but she was my fave. So I was excited to bring it. And I would love to know what my much more versed in Marvel (laughs) co-hosts thought about me just coming out of left field with this. Yes, um, as previously established on the pod, I am a big Marvel fan um, and have, for better or worse, existed through many an era of Marvel fandom and like specifically Marvel fic fandom. I loved this, and I think one of the things I loved about it so much is I remember reading a lot of fic post-Captain America The Winter Soldier, not Captain America Civil War. I mean, I I actually, I read a lot of fic for that, too, but, (laughs) um, I mean, we've talked about this a little bit before in the pod, but because there were a couple, like, year-long gaps in between movies, like, Marvel fandom really did a lot, I think, to fill them, and Captain America The Winter Soldier was such a popular and good movie um easily top three one of the best of all of marvel movies in my opinion and also in many people's opinions um and yeah i mean there was a lot to unpack there bucky came back um as you said like the end of the movie is natasha dumping all of her secrets onto the internet and that's what she's dealing with in this fic um does that ever have any repercussions in the actual mcu no because marvel is garbage and they don't know how to do anything with continuity and they take any shred of good character development and shove it down the garbage disposal um i'm not bitter about it (laughs) (laughs) Uh, anyway yes i Love an exploration sort of of what happens in the in-betweens of the movies, or in this case, directly after the movie. And with and with a movie that had, I think, such a good portrayal of Natasha, this was a really fun fic to dive into. I also, like, minor spoilers for the fic, I guess, but there's a Bucky appearance. And I was surprised by how I was walloped with my Bucky Nat feelings. I was like, oh, God, oh, no. I'm back in, like, my 2015 or maybe even earlier Tumblr feelings of reblogging out of context, Bucky Nat comic quotes that I didn't fully understand, but that made me deeply emotional. Um, Yeah, I mean, there's a lot I want to dig into with this fic, sort of the atmospheric tone of it and um, what it says about Natasha's backstory, especially now that we have some more of that backstory with the recent Black Widow movie. But overall, yes, liked it a lot. Um, I, yeah, as much as I kind of regret to say it, I never really hate going back into Marvel territory. So (laughs) this was a fun read. Yeah, I really liked this one. I think it was an interesting fic to read because in some ways it felt sort of like a product of its time in Marvel fandom. Like, I think the beginning especially felt like it had the same sort of atmospheric tone as a lot of fics I loved around 2015, um, both for Marvel and for other fandoms. But I just feel like that writing style was kind of like in vogue and also what I was just personally consuming a lot of. Um But also there's sort of some, like, references to certain characters or certain characters having friendships that also felt very of a certain moment in Marvel fandom. But at the same time, I found this really readable in 2021. Like, it did not feel dated. I think the characterizations still feel appropriate. And, like, obviously it's set in a certain point in time in, like, the MCU timeline or whatever. But I think a lot of the characterizations are relevant to, like, the characters overall not just at that moment as well um yeah I 
I have not seen the like newest Black Widow movie. Um, so I can't speak to like a characterization of Nat in that one. But like in the movies I have seen with Natasha, like Civil Wars though <laughs> not Civil War. Why <laughs> oh, are you no. now? You've asked me. <laughs> beep 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 beep. <laughs> um <laughs> Winter Soldier. <laughs> um of the movies I've seen, Winter Soldier, I think, has the best Natasha characterization and, like, the only one that, like, really treats her as, like, a real person and not just sort of as, like, a 2D character. Um, I mean, that's... Insert our token badass female. Yeah, exactly. But, like, that's also... It's not just her that they do that, too. It's a lot of the characters, like, in their own movies or, like, the movies where they feature more prominently. They might actually get some cool character development. And then when you put them all in one of the big ensemble movies, it's, like, no one gets anything. And they're all really, like... The characters are really reduced down. Um, So that's not only for Natasha, although I do think being a woman, sometimes she extra suffers when she's the only one there and they're like, here you go, wear this tight little outfit. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but anyway, I really liked her characterization in this. I thought it played well off of the events of um, Winter Soldier and what we can imagine happened next. And I think the conversations that she had throughout this helped it feel really grounded for me and also were part of why I think it felt like it could sort of take on a larger meaning towards all of these characters than just like existing in the one moment directly post Winter Soldier, even though I think like, obviously that makes the most sense. And for some characters more than others, like her conversation with Bucky kind of has to exist in a certain point in like the Bucky timeline, but her conversations with other characters like with Fury, I think, have a more, like, resounding impact, like, overall for, like, Nat's relationship with him. So, very typically of me, I was drawn into this fic by the summary, and I read the tags after. Um, So I did want to read the summary really quickly. It's very short, and I think it has good impact, and it just is, it's very, like, typical of a summary that I really enjoy and will be drawn in by. It just says, Natasha blew all her covers. It's a brave new world. And I just feel like that gives such a good picture of what this is about, what it's going to be. Also, the starkness of that I really liked. I think that this fic does a good job in balancing between some really weighty metaphors and very pretty prose. And then it also will just deliver a very harsh line or a series of very harsh lines all back to back. We talk about when like a fic feels like a long 8k or a short 5k or the pacing of it and how quickly you move through it this fic is almost 6,000 words and I would say it's a pretty dense 6k and a pretty slow 6k because you really want to catch every single word and I think for me between the summary and then getting into it slowly and reading um, like Reed and Brenna both alluded to, it's pretty atmospheric. It's it's the prose is quite pretty, but it's also not so pretty that it can't hit when it needs to. And so I think all of those things really drew me to it and made me just really invested in reading every single line and going back over things and picking out my favorite spots. Um, I did want to read a very short section of it, if that's cool with my co-hosts. I never do this. Um, but <laughs> I thought it could be fun. Um, one of my favorite parts, if not my favorite part of this whole fic, is actually quite early in the fic where Natasha is remembering her, basically her intake with Nick Fury when he brought her in 
and he asked her to talk about every single death that she remembered that was at her hands. And so during that paragraph, it says, three quarters of the way through, she'd started crying. She hadn't known why. It hadn't been shame or any other emotion. She hadn't felt anything at all for a very long time. It was something in Nick's face. He had kept his eye on her, very steady, never looking away, just watching her, seeing her, every part of her, each atom. She had never been seen like that. And I think that, like, when I was reading this fic, that was the moment where I was like, I want to bring this to the show. (laughs) It just, it's so deliberate and it's so intentional with what it's doing. It does such a good job at balancing between the present moment and memory and how all of these things make up Natasha. Like, she is so fractal as a character. And I thought that this fic did a really great job of portraying that in the narrative and the way that it studied her character. Yeah, I think in terms of, like, the characterization... This is a fic that chooses all of its words and lines and pieces of dialogue very carefully. I think to Nick's point of us always saying, like, this was a long 5K, (laughs) this is a short 5K. Like, this one definitely felt like a pretty hefty, like, meaty fic. There's a lot to dig into. And it definitely felt like you had to take your time with with each paragraph. Um, I'm someone who tends to kind of, like skip along as I'm reading um like big paragraphs are a struggle for me because I'll just move to the next one and not read like the last sentence or whatever and this was definitely one where I tried to purposely take my time with it and really like take it all in because not only was it relevant to like the plot of what's happening throughout but it's just really relevant to like how we understand Natasha throughout this um I think one thing that stood out to me a lot in this fic though was the dialogue between characters um And I think particularly her conversations with Clint and with Fury really stood out to me. Um, I loved her conversation with Bucky, too, but I think it had a different feeling to it. Mm -hmm. The ones with Clint and with Fury, like, really stood out to me, too, for, like, how well they seemed to mimic a lot of MCU dialogue, um, Mm -hmm. but with, with this much different feeling to the scenes. Like, in an MCU film the same dialogue might take on a more comedic tone, but here it's very, like, serious and has a lot of implications behind it. So I just want to read some of the one from, like, her first convo with Clint because I think hopefully you'll see what I mean. (laughs) Um, But sort of this is, like, her first conversation really in this fic with another character that, like, we know from Marvel. Um, And it goes, you didn't call me, Clint says. You were out of the country. You didn't call me after. I was out of the country. Yeah, and... Now I'm in the country again. Jesus, Nat. I know. I mean, Jesus. I'm sorry I gave all your secrets away. (laughs) And I just think the way it's written is so good. (laughs) And, like, it holds so much meaning. But I think, like, the MCU loves little dialogues that's, like, like that. Like, the, you were out of the country. You didn't call me after. I was out of the country. Like, that feels like it could be plucked directly from, like, almost any Marvel movie. But I like that it really didn't have a comedic tone here. Instead, it was reflecting much more on, like, the state of their relationship and telling us about them as characters, and particularly Nat as a character. And so much of this fic is Nat struggling with, like, attachment, whether it's to a place or to people or a sense of her own self. And I think this conversation, like, reflected that really well for me. And the conversation with Fury later on in the fic kind of echoes a lot of the same formatting as this one with Clint and I just really like that choice as well. I thought it gave us good insight into the characters and just sort of kept continuity in a way that I really enjoyed. 
Yeah, on a slightly different track, but Bren, kind of what you were saying about um, Nat like looking for a place to belong. Um, I think the beginning of this fix sets the tone. We were talking about it being atmospheric. Like to me, it felt very like everything was sort of hazy and from a distance. Like it almost felt like I was like wading through like waist deep water or something. Like I wasn't stuck, but I wasn't getting anywhere particularly fast. And it felt like it mimicked probably the space that Natasha was in. Um, and this fic has a lot of things to say about sort of where Natasha would be um, immediately after dumping all of her secrets online and trying to figure out where she's going. But there was a bit where she's like looking at like the blank walls of like yet another apartment that she's in in some like unnamed city. And she's thinking about how you have to stay somewhere long enough to leave a mark. And she doesn't know if she'll ever do that or if she ever has. Um, and I was thinking about the fic we talked about for my birthday episode, Let the Light In, and about how that's all about trying to find like a home or a sense of belonging um I was like are we not all desperate for a place to call home are we not all desperate to feel like we belong and if that's me projecting don't worry about it you know what (laughs) mind your business okay I won't yeah I'll mind my business great thank you but yeah I mean I think it makes it makes so much sense right for the Natasha of this moment of this fic to be searching for something like that and I alluded to this sort of earlier in this discussion but um I did watch the new Black Widow movie and a lot of those themes are present in that movie as well. Like, by nature of this fic being written in 2015 and the Black Widow movie coming out in 2021, obviously uh, things are a little... don't match up exactly in the timeline of what the new movie establishes in terms of Natasha's backstory. But if you sort of, like, hand wave over the specific details, this fic feels like it nails exactly what that movie was trying to say about Natasha's history and how it impacts her and her difficulties like getting close to people and trusting them and like finding anywhere to belong and sort of the constant mistrust that she carries with her um yeah I feel like this fic nailed it and the fact that a movie that came out this year kind of feels like still relevant to what this fic was trying to say I think is really a credit to the author and their good understanding of this character oh her yeah it's like she was definitely my favorite I got very attached to the first Avengers movie I think came out in like 2012 um and like I watched it more than once which is huge for me and I read one Clintasha fic uh back in the day and then that was like the extent of my Marvel fandoming but I just really liked her and I think for me I also love a fic that explores all of these nooks and crannies in a canon and a source material that just can't handle looking at all of it like there there couldn't have been 50,000 Marvel movies all exploring the different facets of like every thread that each movie put down you know so I really liked that like I don't know I like it when a source material is so intense and so big and there are so many implications of things like I love a superhero story I just do it's just who I am as a person I cannot help it and I loved so much of what this fic was looking at and saying about you know what it means to put your whole life on the line for something there's a point in her I think it's her discussion with uh Bucky where every time I say his name I really want to just butcher it into something ridiculous like buckaroo buckaroni Bucky boy <laughs> like I'm sorry dude <laughs> I can't help it I do not think the Bucky of this fic would uh appreciate being called like no. buckaroo <laughs> I don't think he'd appreciate me knowing how to refer to him at all though (laughs) yeah that's fair that would be alarming for both of us um but he's asking after like the whole hydra situation if i think it's if pierce is dead and natasha says it's over let it be over 
And I just, because, and after that, her narration, she's thinking, like, because if you don't let it be over, it's it wasn't about him. It's not about the body. You'll be pulling up the roots or the weeds for the rest of your life if you let yourself go down that path because she knows, which I thought tied in brilliantly with the Black Widow film. Mm-hmm. This whole idea of how if you really, like, she doesn't let herself think about it. And then she goes back home. Spoilers for the Black Widow movie. Pew, pew, pew. pew and her pew, sister pew. is like, somebody had to pull up these weeds. Like, you left them here. And she feels, like, hurt and betrayed. So anyway, there's just so much to say about what it means to do the right thing when you cannot get rid of all of the evil in the world. It's not possible. Where do you stop? When is your job done? Oh, so many themes that I just really enjoy. I'm sure I would enjoy more Marvel fic. I just haven't read it. So <laughs> uh, if you have Rex ficlets, I'm probably not going to read them. I'll wait for Brenna Reed to bring another one to the pod. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, I just like it's something that I have really enjoyed and I haven't gotten as much in recent fandoms that I've been in. So it's been really nice to return to a genre that I've always really connected with and enjoyed. Since both of you quoted lines that you really liked, can I quote a line that I really liked? Uh, yeah. OK, I'll take Brennan's seal of approval as a, as a sign to go ahead. Um, I do think this speaks to, Nick, what you were saying about how... Um, the prose can be kind of intense, but also that, like, it doesn't stop it from going very hard when it needs to. Um, and for me, if if I was reading this fic with the intention of, am I going to bring this to fic like or not, the line that would have been my selling point was um, Natasha reflecting in the middle of this conversation with Bucky where she's like, you know, Steve is looking for you. And Bucky basically is like, I've done so many horrible things to him. Like, how could I ever face him again? And um, Natasha's narration goes... In the bunker, when she was trying to sleep, she had heard Steve crying. Or, not exactly crying. Just sucking in breaths with a raw end of a noise. An unfinished animal swallow of pain. Her impulse was not to comfort him, but to put him out of his misery. Which, It's so raw. It's so so good. good. (laughs) Jesus. But also, like, yeah. Yeah, of course that's what Natasha's impulse would be. Yep. Oh, boy. Oh, it was so good. Yeah, I think like, okay, I read the conversation with Clint, which was like a big selling point for me. But I think if I had to pick one line, it's probably when like Nat's trying to tell Bucky, like, you have the second chance, essentially, like, don't let yourself just be a ghost. And he says to her still crawling out of the grave, which was like, oh, it's such a good line. Uh But also it's just making me think about how many Marvel fix that really dig into character. I think especially post winter soldier because winter soldier really did give us a lot more character work with the characters who are present for it um is really about like either unmaking yourself remaking yourself like making yourself in some way um nick i in your in our pre-discussion you quoted that line from the first avengers movie where like nat says to clint like i know how it is to be unmade or something like that i don't Mm -hmm. know the exact he asks her do you know what it's like to be unmade and she goes you know that i do okay yes thank you (laughs) (laughs) thank you number one clintasha shipper (laughs) yeah um but yeah i was just thinking about how like i think a lot of fix like Obviously, that's the route to go with, like, Bucky. Like, he's been programmed and now sort of has to learn how to be a new Bucky. He can't be the one from, like, many, many years ago. And he also can't be, like, the Winter Soldier one. So he has to be a new one. But I think it also goes for, like, 
Steve, who's kind of just relearning how to be a person in, like, 21st century <laughs> world, and who is Captain America now? Who is Captain America after he realizes, like, what the government is up to? The same thing goes for Nat. Like, she has had so many identities over the years, and now a lot of that's out in the open. And what is she going to be? And I think this fic really delves into that with her. But I actually like that as, like, a point of interest in Marvel fics, especially ones that take place in this sort of point in time in, like, the MCU timeline. I think other films could have really used to dig into it as well, but, like, it's okay. <laughs> um, I mean, it's disappointing, but, you know, we'll get over it. Um, but, yeah, I just really enjoyed that, like we kind of get the sense throughout this fic that Nat is trying to learn who she is now. But I like that it seemed like for the other characters, they were also going through that journey. Like Bucky's is pretty obvious, but like Fury kind of has to grapple with that as well. And like, she's aware that like Steve and Sam who are out trying to find Bucky are also kind of grappling with that. Like, it's kind of the case for everyone here, especially like, because their identities have all been made public. Um, And I just liked kind of how it isn't just like, woe is me, Natasha, I don't know who I am, but it's like everyone around her is sort of going through the same shit. And that allows for these conversations, I think, to really have an impact. Yeah, I think the piece about identity formation in this fic was one of my favorite things about it. Like you were saying, Bren, like, who is she when she's given up her secrets, when her whole life she was a spy? And that question is posed in the very first scene. It's the second paragraph where she's like, how is she being seen? Not as a woman or a deadly weapon, but as she doesn't know yet. And I think it's so interesting to see her trying to come to terms with the ways that her life is changing and her identity is changing when the people around her are not like normal barometers for being a person. She's surrounded by so much death and undeath and magic and confusion and like internal angst and guilt and also adjustment. Like three of the conversations that she has in this fic, only like one of them with Clint is with like another normal human being. <laughs> um and he's seen hell too, but she observes Steve at one point who's with Sam and they like they have their little shit moment, which is actually cute. But um she's observing Steve. She talks to Nick Fury, who like died and disappeared on her and then came back. She talks to Bucky, who like, you know, crawling out of his grave, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, I just think it's so interesting the amount of work she has to do to even figure out what normal would be. Um, and she doesn't know. And so she measures against herself. And I really liked that choice in this fic as a narrative choice, as a characterization choice. How does she know who to become? She has to look at who she was first. And so I thought that the way that memory was incorporated here, I mentioned it earlier, I just really liked it. So I don't know. I just... I. I thought so many choices about this were so good. <laughs> I was not expecting to love this so much when I like opened it, but I was really glad that I was able to find it. So that was our discussion of Some Summers They Drop Like Flies, a fic by Kvikindi, which really is just such a textbook character study post-canon to a source material. So much to love about this fic. So many clever turns of phrases and hard-hitting lines like if you're if you're interested by this discussion I would really recommend going in and reading because I guarantee you're gonna find lines in here that stand out to you that we didn't even mention um so yeah especially if you're a Natasha fan like me uh no Clintasha sorry to the diehards out there but <laughs> overall yeah quite good so very very glad that we got to talk about it um yeah so in this fic 
Natasha is going through a really big life transition. Um, and similarly, in Reed's fic, um, our POV character, Shitty Knight, is about to graduate from college. So he's thinking, you know, what's going to come next? Who am I going to be? And I'm really excited to draw some pretty clear, I think, parallels between these two fics. Take it away, Reed. Yeah, so my fic is Angles of Unfair Advantage by Miss Andrea Witch. It is for the fandom Check Please, and the pairing is Shitty Knight Kent Person, which is, I would say, a rare pair. Uh, not a pairing I would have expected to see. Not that I've really delved into this fandom in a little while. Um, but just to give you some context on Check Please, in case you're unfamiliar... So Check Please is a comic that is largely about a group of boys who go to a college called Samwell, um, and they all play hockey. So there's a lot that happens in the world of Check Please, but I'm going to do my best to just focus on what you need to know for the sake of this fic. Um, so Shitty, as Nick alluded to in that transition, um, does go to Samwell, is about to graduate. Um, he plays hockey with Jack Zimmerman, who is one of the main people of the comic, Jack grew up with a very famous hockey playing dad, was sort of like destined to become a famous hockey player himself. He and Kent Parson, who is the other half of the ship in this fic, um, were sort of who best friends. Who is the friends. protagonist of Check, Please. <laughs> uh, some people are going to have a bone to pick Kent. with you, Nick. <laughs> I'm so sorry to the actual Check, Please fans in the house. Um, yes. So Jack and Kent grew up together, were little hockey playing prodigies, um, sort of had this expectation that they were going to, at the age of 18, be drafted in the NHL together. They had these like dreams of sort of taking on the hockey world together. And then Jack had a breakdown because of all of the pressure. He was like, no, thanks. Uh, Kent got drafted, went straight to the NHL. Jack took a little bit of a break and then went to college, which is where we see him in Samwell. Um at the point of this fic, Jack has graduated and he signed with the Providence Falconers, who are a fake team. Kent plays for the Las Vegas Aces, also a fake team. So Jack is not in this fic, but Kent and Jack have, as you might have gathered, a pretty complicated history. Um, I honestly don't remember if it was ever explicitly said in the comic, but the implication that they like were romantically involved as well. Um at one point in the comic, which is referenced in this fic, Kent shows up at Samwell. Um before Jack signs to a team basically to try to be like, hey, you could still come play hockey with me. Um, and it's at like a party and everyone's a little bit drunk and Jack does not take to it kindly. A lot of words are said between the both of them. I don't really remember the specifics. It has been a long time since I read this comic, but um, suffice to say it did not go well. Uh, it's a it's a pretty fraught relationship there. Shitty has only met Kent at this party and also... Um, yeah, I guess, like, knows of him as, like, Kent Parson, NHL star, and, like, former friend of his current best friend, and, like, that's about it. Also, uh, I should clarify, so Shitty is his name, like, it's a running joke <laughs> in the comic, like, his name is Shitty Knight, and, like, Shitty is a hockey nickname, but unlike every other character who we get a hockey nickname for, we also get their real name at some point, um, and you never find out Shitty's. You know that his first name starts with a B, you never get it, um, that is referenced a couple times in this fic, but... Yes. Uh, every time I say shitty, it, it is the character. That's just him. <laughs> I'm not making a moral judgment on him. You're not, like, mocking him in this discussion? <laughs> shitty. No, that's that's just his name. Um, yeah, I think that's all the canon you need to know of Check, Please. This fic is pretty rooted in you knowing that, but, like, I think if you have that knowledge, you should be fine. Where this fic takes place is 
Shitty is on spring break vacation with his family in Las Vegas. He is not having a good time. He wants to be doing anything else for his last spring break of college. Uh, and one of his cousins drags him out to a gay bar where he sees Kent. And he texts Lardo, who is the team manager of the Samuel men's hockey team, um, who he has this sort of like very complicated. They're very, very close as friends. Everyone is kind of like, are they dating? Are they not dating? He's got this like, yeah, complicated thing with her. So he texts Lardo. He's like, oh, my God. And she's like, go flirt with him. Go hook up with him. And he's like, I'm not going to do that. And then he does. Um, <laughs> Whoops. So that is pretty much the premise of this fic. Uh, it takes place pretty much in one evening and a little bit of the next morning. Um, with that, there aren't really content warnings. The only one I would say is there is a copious amount of alcohol consumption, um, and they do hook up. Everything is super consensual and, like, communicated as such, mm -hmm. but just so you know, that's in the fic. Um, yes. So, as, as previously stated, it has been quite a while since I've engaged with this canon, but I believe I found this fic because I was going through Friend of the Pod M's bookmarks. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I found it through her. So shout out Maybe to Maybe thank you, M. <laughs> um, yeah, I saw this. And Nick, I think it's funny that in the last fic discussion, you talked about the summary drawing you in because the summary is what drew me into this. That and the like bonkers pairing. <laughs> yes. Um, and yeah, uh, for any fans of Check Please who might be listening to this who do not like Kent Parson, I regret to inform you this might not be the Sorry. discussion for you because the three of us yeah. are fans uh -huh. of Kent Parson. I was saying yesterday, it's like, is this what it felt like to be a Draco stan? <laughs> 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 yeah, so sorry, everyone. This is a pro-Kent household. So if yeah. you feel differently, um, that's on you. Like, I apologize, yeah. but that is change your opinions. a you problem. <laughs> this fic might change your opinion. Um because it, really it was might. very well written. Uh yeah, I mean there are so many things that I really liked about this fic and that really surprised me. Um the dynamic that they have in this is so interesting. Like it's not romantic, but it's not antagonistic. It rides this line of being familiar, but also kind of like just a hookup for the night, and it like navigates that balance so well. Um the first half of the fic is like not super serious. They're like, you know, having this kind of like flirty dance with each other at the bar. Um, and then like it gets into some, I don't want to say heavy stuff. Like this is not like a heavy fic, but it has some scenes that hit so hard, uh, which like really caught me off guard in a way that I loved. Um, I thought the characterizations were super fun. I thought the dialogue was super fun. Yeah. It just, I, I think really what drew me in the most was just that their dynamic felt pretty different from most stuff that we read on the pod and I think was executed so so well um yeah I have lots of things to say about it but uh as ever we'll turn it over to the two of you first yeah so as I mentioned earlier um I I and I think we are pro Kent as a character mm -hmm. um you know is he always a great dude no but that's kind of what makes him an interesting person to read about <laughs> um I like a character where there's there's things to play with in fan fiction and I think Kent provides that um so I have enjoyed in the past reading check please fan fiction about <laughs> Kent Parson um, <laughs> so yeah I that was one of the reasons I was like excited to get into this um i yeah i have not engaged directly with check please in many years um i did read like the first big chunk of it i know by the time i stopped reading like jack was with the falconers is that his team mm -hmm. um and it was somewhere around there that i kind of left off of reading it um but you know it, it has a really big 
and dedicated fandom and produced some great fan fiction. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> definitely read some of that, but I was never like strongly in in the fandom. And as with all fandoms, I had some mixed feelings about certain things. Um, but that's sort of the run of the mill with like getting into a fandom. You're yeah. not going to like everything that everyone's doing. <laughs> um, <laughs> This is why fandom is just you and, like, three or four friends who all have the same opinion in your DMs. Exactly. But this was a very fun fic. I think the characterization work was excellent. I thought the tone overall was just something that I really enjoyed about it. Um, I think we're going to get into discussing sort of the dynamic between Shitty and Kent more as we get into this fic. But I just feel like I haven't read a lot of fics that sort of have characters have this type of interaction and this set of feelings towards each other. And I just found it really interesting and just something different than what I spend most of my time reading, which is like getting together fix where like the characters do get together or like don't get together, but they had like romantic feelings and then something went bad or like whatever. This one, I, I just don't read a lot of fix where like it is just a casual thing. Like there isn't romance to it and neither character is like upset about that or like having angsty feelings or there's not like unrequited love or something so it was just kind of enjoyable in that sense to read something different and I think the overall tone was handled really well at no point was I sort of like uncomfortable because of like a miscommunication or because there were like one-sided feelings that weren't going to get discussed or handled well or something like that you did not get the impression that Kent was going to wake up the next morning like oh no I'm in love with (laughs) shitty night (laughs) yeah exactly like (laughs) They felt like they were really on the same page throughout all of it. And I think that also opened up the door for them to have some more of these kind of like real talk conversations later on in the fic. And they sort of were able to gain that more like intimate knowledge of each other in terms of like emotion and where they're at at their life and like have this conversation without that also bleeding over into like a romantic sense. And I just thought that that was like really interesting and well handled. So yeah, I definitely want to get into more of that as we go along. I also just thought the writing was really enjoyable. Like they're funny characters and their conversations were funny and Shitty's texts to Lardo were funny. And I just kind of breezed through it and had a great time. And I do believe we checked and there's only like seven works on AO3 (laughs) with this pairing. (laughs) And I don't think all of them even center this pairing. So um, yeah, my co-hosts are making faces. (laughs) Go into the tag at your own risk. Go look at yourself if you want. I I can't necessarily recommend looking for yourself, but... um, We we can't prepare you. We can't prepare you if you want to. Either look or don't look, but... um, It's on you. But that's to say, I would have never expected to, like, read this pairing. Um, I've read a lot of, like, random Kent pairings um, because people just sort of like put him with other characters like it's sometimes it's with the jack but like it can be with other people too and like um yeah i like i said i really enjoy reading about him as a character i think he offers a lot in terms of like directions you can go with who he is and what he's dealing with especially like because everyone else we're talking about prior to jack going to the falconers and like re-entering the world of pro hockey like they're just playing college hockey and so it's interesting to sort of have Kent as this juxtaposition of being in the pro world, especially because, like, all three of us were, like, in hockey fandom and read, like, hockey RPF. So Kent's often, like, at least when I was in Check Please fandom, which was kind of while they were all just at Samwell, like, Kent was sort of the avenue into that side of things and, like, often brought up more feelings about, like, homophobia in the league and stuff like that, which I think can be interesting to read about. So... Wow, that was really long-winded for me. (laughs) Thanks for bearing with me, everyone. (laughs) Um, (laughs) 
was all to say that I enjoyed this fic a lot and I like shitty and I liked Ken in this as well. Nick, what did you think? Oh, thanks. Um, yeah, so like two weeks ago, Reed was like, I have nothing. I don't know. I'm just going to bring whatever. I'm panicking. And then brought this. I was <laughs> so mad at how much I loved this fic. Like, <laughs> right? <laughs> what the hell? I like lovingly select every single one of my picks. And you just come out of the gate like, take this. And I'm like, it's great. Oh, <laughs> whatever. Um, yeah, I really loved it. Um, like Brenna, I did not read the entirety of Check Please. I actually don't know what the current like state of Check Please is. Like, is it done? Is it still I not don't know. a clue? No idea. Um, yeah, I stopped maybe a little bit after Brenna. I remember like exactly where it was though. Um, when Jack and Biddy like come out as a couple to their friends, and then the money starts exchanging hands because they've been betting on it, and I was like, hey, I'm good. Um. <laughs> but I did read it faithfully up until then and like there were a lot of things I enjoyed about it I found the first arc like really satisfying like it still maybe is one of my favorite like from meeting to first kiss romantic arcs in like a piece of media like I just remember loving it so much when you I was a known anti of enemies to lovers because that is an enemies to lovers arc a little bit but like well, enemies I don't antagonistic know. A little. It's fine. Yeah. Don't worry about it, everyone. <laughs> Biddy's not even in this fix, so. Yeah, yeah don't worry about it. I Biddy, but. Oh, he's alive. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying he's not involved We here. don't know. We have not finished this comic. <laughs> oh, but he's comic. definitely, like, alive at the time of this fan fiction. <laughs> I feel like I would have heard about that. Probably. <laughs> yeah, I think if Check Please was like, oh, we're going to kill Biddy, like, I <laughs> People in our server were like, would have said something. Like, I, I know these people so. who still are like involved in check, please. So I feel well, like we can ask. The we'll ask them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll check in about his well-being. <laughs> Should I ask right now so we can find out by the time? Yeah, I was literally just gonna message. Please go. Bro. Yeah, yeah. Please ask. Okay, great. I'll be. I'll be back. Thank I don't you. even know what channel to put this in. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't either. But books and comics isn't books, books and, and comics. comics. Yeah. Okay, not general chat. <laughs> no, <laughs> everyone needs to know. Okay, well, while Brenna does that, um, about this fic, I really, really liked it. I think, um, as was mentioned, I found parts of it deeply unromantic in a way that totally worked for me. Uh, very human, very just like moving through the world as a college senior. It just felt so realistic. Like, this is a thing that could have happened to a person, you know? And I really liked that. The conversations they have, the level of intimacy they're able to develop at a purely platonic and sexual level is very impressive. Um, I liked that it made a lot of choices that allowed the two of them to be vulnerable with each other in a way that you could tell stretched them and was uncomfortable at times, but that they were both actively choosing and grateful that they had done. Um, I do remember in our pre-discussion yesterday, Brenna said that she wished they had drank more water, uh, which I think <laughs> was a good point. True. Sorry, that's um, just like a very me thing to be is. like cognizant of people's health and fix. And that's like, so funny. Well, it was really just when they got back in the ho- in the hot tub and were drinking champagne again. Yeah, and I was like, like, oh no, y'all aren't gonna feel good in the morning. <laughs> no, it was cracking me up when Shitty was like, oh, I'll be fine, and Kent was like, try being in your mid twenties, then you'll know what a real hangover is. And I was like, oof. Also, isn't Kent only like one year older than him? Yeah, he's not much older at all. Like maybe one or two. Yeah, Yeah, it's not a whole lot. Yeah. So all of that I really loved. And then I always, always love 
unresolved, complicated relationships kind of haunting the back of a fic. Jack is in this fic so much more than his name is stated. And I loved that. I thought it was really well done. And also just galaxy brain by this author like you can tell they really put so much into making this pairing interesting and believable because you read the comic this is not what you come away with no as far as i know again maybe after we stopped reading (laughs) this became canonical i don't know well we do have an update oh great what does it say yeah, a friend of the pod, Claire, has advised me that the comic has finished, although uh-huh. there might be some future little extras, um, and that Betty is alive and well. So, oh, okay, great. Um, Thanks, Claire. Glad to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> Good to know. Well, overall, um, glad to hear that Betty's fine and very much enjoyed this work of fan fiction. Yeah, I think one thing that drew me into this fic, like, immediately from the beginning was the building tension. Um as I mentioned, like, it's not particularly heavy or angsty, although there are some things on the fringes, like the specter of Jack that is very present in this fic. Um, but in the beginning, when they're in the bar and they're flirting and they're sort of going back and forth and Shitty doesn't even really know if he means it or not, I thought it absolutely nailed this feeling. Um, at least for me, like, I don't know, that, like, feeling of potential that fizzes in your stomach, that, like, anticipation of, like, what might happen when you're both sort of leaning in and you both are, like, okay, yeah, we're both into this. And you don't know if it'll actually go somewhere or not, but sort of, like, sitting in that fizzy feeling. Um, Because there's a line where Shitty is sort of looking at Kent, who is very much putting himself on display, and the fic goes, something in his frontal lobe snaps and sizzles like a live wire. And I was like, yeah, like, you are nailing this, like, college experience, um... It very much is, you know, shitty on his, like, last spring break, sort of leading into this absolutely wild thing. Um, He has a few moments of self-reflection of, like, you know, people who don't take wild risks never get their names written down in history. And, like, he is the type of character to go for something like this, which I think also ties into Nick saying, like, kudos to this author for sort of um, meticulously building this pairing and this, the world of this fic that seems bonkers, but actually fits so well into, like, what we know of them from canon. Um... But yeah, that that sort of building tension. And then how that tension comes from being like, haha, fun and flirty to like me actually feeling like a peeled grape um, at some of the conversations they were having. Incredible. I think similarly, too, it made me think of like being at a party with people that you don't know that well. Like it felt like that kind of quality of like a friend of a friend, suddenly you're having this like really deep conversation that like you wouldn't even have with someone that you know super well, but there's this sense of like safety and separation because it's, as Reed would say, kind of a liminal space <laughs> where <laughs> it's almost like nothing you say counts. And I loved that that was explored here. Like when are the two of them going to hang out again? I mean, maybe someday there's a possibility. There's a hint of that at the end there. But you really don't know. You really don't know what their relationship is going to be like. They agree that they're, like, never going to tell Jack, even though in the end notes you get, like, a very goofy little, like, aha, they're all besties, and it comes up in a game of, like, never have I ever or something, (laughs) which was very cute and a very fun little end note by the author. But I just liked so much that it it was such a low risk, high reward place to bury yourself open. And the author really used that to their advantage. And it just made me think of experiences I've had where, yeah, sometimes it is easier to advise someone that you don't know that well or to be very forward about things that you're struggling with or listen to what they're struggling with. I just really liked that whole aspect of this fic. 
Yeah, I definitely agree with your point, Nick, about sort of the level of like familiarity but unfamiliarity between the two of them and what that allows for. Um, I think it's interesting because like we know that Shitty is sort of at this position where he's going to be graduating soon. He doesn't necessarily have something lined up for right after, like even sort of like hobbies wise and stuff. Like he doesn't know if he's going to keep playing hockey or like what he's going to do. Like it's all sort of up in the air. And obviously, you know that he has friends who are kind of going through that with him. Like, you know, he has people who he's graduating with and stuff. And they're also facing the uncertainty that comes with that. Um, But it's like talking to people who are in exactly the same situation as you is sometimes difficult in that regard or just leads to a lot of comparison between you and them. And then that can kind of be awkward. Or we also get the sense that like, she doesn't really want to be on spring break with his family and like not necessarily that they have like a bad relationship but doesn't really seem like he wants to like open up and tell them all of his like (laughs) maybe anxieties or worries about sort of this being in this transitional stage and not that he tells Kent all of that either but I do think it opens up a space for him to sort of express some of that um and for Kent to just be that kind of person where yeah it's someone he kind of knows and has some familiarity familiarity with like shitty's position like he knows where he goes to school he kind of knows what his major is like this kind of stuff but he's also like not that close to him and it doesn't really have any impact on ken's life whatever shitty says to him and i think that's kind of nice as well like they can kind of just say stuff to each other and like it doesn't really impact either one of them like it it doesn't go anywhere right like it beyond like their conversation just then like i'm the only person who even really knows both of them well at all is Jack and like they've agreed to never speak about this to him (laughs) um and yeah I just thought it did a really good job with like balancing the sort of like growing like relationship between them just in this platonic way where they're like talking about these kind of real things and like being able to kind of have those discussions and like also they just seem to have a good dynamic like their conversations are funny they're light they're like I think it does a good job of balancing the kind of humorous and enjoyable with a few of these more serious moments. Um, And then also having this sort of like casual intimacy as well um, that's never going to go to this like romantic place. And um, yeah, it's like it's just one of those times where like I love being convinced by a pairing in a fic like and this one didn't like leave me being like oh my god i am <laughs> kent shitty truther <laughs> that's probably better i feel like it'd be so disappointing if that was like your ult otp across all fandoms <laughs> not a lot of content like, man regardless of whether or not i leave a fic feeling like okay these two are like need to get together or just like these two are fun together like I like being convinced that people work together in fic by an author and this one did that so well but on this more platonic stage where I just like wanted them to keep being friends I wanted like Kent to hit up shitty when he's in Boston so they can like go to some bar and like have beers and stuff and Mm -hmm. like I just wanted to see more interactions between them and so I thought that was just a really rewarding part of reading this fic like I love that feeling of being convinced that characters work regardless of what the type of relationship is and I thought this one executed that really well. Yeah to your point about um, Jack being sort of the only connecting thread between them I do want to get into the specter of Jack that's in this fic. Yeah absolutely specter of Jack. (laughs) <laughs> he's there he's haunting him <laughs> so as we were saying 
you know, they can open up to each other in these ways because sort of the the risk is lower. But also some of that emotional leaning in is only possible because they do have this shared thread of connection. So they hook up and then Kent sort of like immediately goes out to the kitchen and Shitty is like, okay, the vibe is kind of weird. Um, Kent puts on a backwards hat and nothing else. And I do just need to read this because he goes, uh, you put your hat back on. You don't have any pants on. It's my vibe, man, Kent says, distracted. So <laughs> Which good. Is so fucking funny. But anyway, so Shitty's like, okay, whatever, I'm going to go use your hot tub. And so they get into this hot tub and sort of, um, Shitty can tell that Kent is, like, he, he keeps half asking questions and not really getting anywhere. And he starts asking after Jack, like, how is Jack? Did he think about choosing the Aces at all when he was looking at NHL teams? Um like, it feels like every question is sort of, like, forced out through gritted teeth, but it clearly means a lot to him. And so Shitty is answering, and then uh, Kent says, like, he's trying to reconcile the person that Shitty is telling him about and the 17-year-old that, like, he grew up with. And he he's coming up short, and Shitty's like, is that a bad thing? Um, and Kent goes, it's who I knew. Um, and Ficklets, I apologize. You're going to have to put up with me as I once again um, monologue to myself in my Ficklet notes, and I'm going to read them to you now. Um, I said... Nick loves to talk about renegotiating relationships, but what do you do when it's something like this? When someone was your everything, and you're 17, of course it feels like it'll be forever, and you promise to take on the world together, but then it goes up in flames, and now that person is back in your life except they're not really. They're not at arm's length. They're at the other end of the rink. They're slamming you into the boards. They're not looking you in the eye when you meet each other in the face-off. Ken has been desperately reaching out to Jack throughout the years, and he's hit wall after wall, and Jack is going pro too now, and he's never felt more distant. How do you reconcile that? How do you tell yourself you're over it when you're past those feelings when you're clearly not? Reed is out here writing transformative fiction based on this work. You're writing like <laughs> Kent Jack poetry about this fic. <laughs> Literally. I just, I said this fic made me feel like, like spoken a spoken word. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Sorry, I am really just imagining the experience. Sorry, Reed, you can get back to your thing after I say this. About like being in like, I don't know, like a coffee shop or like a <laughs> college space of some sort watching someone do spoken word and halfway through realizing that it's about the fictional characters <laughs> of Kent Person and Jack Zimmerman. I'm standing Jack up in the back. I'm snapping. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Listen. I'm sorry. Sorry. Keep going. Keep going. Yes. You feel like a peeled grape and I'm not laughing at you. I do feel like a peeled grape and you're allowed to laugh at me. It's a little ridiculous. I couldn't stop myself. But like... <laughs> I don't know. They have this whole conversation about, like, who you are when you're 17. And Shitty was like, thank fucking God I'm not the person that I was at 17. I can't imagine going through life without fuck being someone you're not happy with at least once. You know, imagine if you had to say 17 forever. And it's like, I will. I will say, Nick, you tried to draw a thread between your fic and mine. And I think the, like, redefining. Well, (laughs) I think the, like, trying to redefine yourself or, like, trying to figure out who you are at different stages of your life, like, you know, like, you're constantly growing. You're moving through new situations. Like, yeah, thank God I'm not the person I was at 17 or the person that I was at, like, 21. Like, yeah, maybe a little different, but, you know, like, when you hurt someone when you were a teenager <laughs> and you have to reconcile, you know, what you did yeah. when you were younger that you were good. <laughs> uh-huh. When you, like, murdered someone, you mean, uh-huh. like, well, <laughs> uh, not, just, not just, like, emotionally hurt, like... <laughs> Depends on the person here okay. in this case. Yeah. <laughs> well, I thought we were discussing Natasha in that moment. Yeah. Well, Natasha and also Kent. Yeah, but Kent oh, did right. not okay, do any yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Not that we know of. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. I hope you didn't, bestie. <laughs> uh, anyway, my point of me going off on this wild tangent is that um, the specter of Jack, as we've dubbed him, led to like the rawest emotional parts of this fic. And 
I rattle, 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 rattle. I'm screaming about it. When I was rereading this fic, I felt just as unhinged. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and I think one thing I loved about that conversation about, like, being 17, like, it was so philosophical, but not in a way that felt pretentious at all. I think that this fic had done a really good job up until that point setting Shitty up as someone who has done a lot of thinking, who's done a lot of reflection, who thinks pretty deeply, and who is interested in turning over human experiences like a little puzzle. Like, one thing I loved early on was his narration talks about, like, why it's fun to hook up with someone. And I thought that was just so interesting. Fic doesn't really do that. It doesn't go in and do the work to justify or describe the purpose. But in this case, it was like, oh, like, even when part of you is holding back, like, it's still fun to have that moment of like oh you're not sure what's going to happen but you're just going to go for it and you're going to see what happens and I just really liked that and so I think by the time we got all the way down to shitty basically saying like it's good if you were a little dirtbag at 17 and you can recognize that because it means that you're a better person now so if you thought that you were perfect at 17 it probably means you just haven't grown that much And, like, that felt like such a believable moment, even though it was a very philosophical thing to say. It felt completely in place coming from, like, a college hockey player. (laughs) I mean, who, like, got into Stanford for law school or or Harvard for law school or whatever, so good for him. Um, But it just, I really felt like this fic did the work every step of the way. Mm -hmm. And so I was able to stay with it completely, and I love that. Yeah, I think Shitty comes across as a very, like, internal character in a lot of this. Like, he is in his head a lot, and sometimes this kind of comes bubbling out. And I think what I like about Kent's characterization here is that, like, in some ways he seems like he's not as internal as Shitty. Like, he's kind of more straightforward in a lot of it. But then there are a few moments for, like, his internal thoughts and emotions also come bubbling out. I like the one where, like, Shitty sort of just casually is like, I'm going to hell. And then Ken sort of goes on this, like, monologue about, like, the devil. (laughs) Um, And then Shitty's like, what the hell are you talking about? And Ken's like, Catholicism? (laughs) I don't know. It's very funny. But there's also just, like, I like these moments where we realize, like, Kent is also kind of having all of these, like, worries and doubts that are like hard to express and like also I don't know like we know that he's like this pro hockey player and like I'm sure he has like good friends on his team or whatever but like I don't feel like the stereotype of like pro sports players is always like we are super vulnerable about our emotions with each other (laughs) I wouldn't say that's the stereotype (laughs) right right so um I don't know it's just interesting to see them when that kind of bubbles up for Kent as well I think um and like makes makes them both feel just a lot more realistic as characters and gives us some insight into them, even as, like, the fic is, like, overall not that serious a fic. I don't know. I think that's what was really enjoyable about it was, like, this balance of, like, knowing these characters have this whole, like, internal, really dimensional world and thoughts and feelings, and then also the fic just, like, not being particularly, like, angsty or, like, fraught about it. Like, there are definitely moments, but... It's also, like, pretty lighthearted overall, and, like, they have a good time. Like, there's a line towards the end that's, like, wait, let me get there. Scroll, 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 <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, where it goes, sometimes a bad idea skips any kind of pretense and reveals itself to be a good one. And, like, yeah, they have a good time. Like, so good. there's no, like, regrets about this or anything, and I thought that was just really nice. Like, even though there are sort of these complicated emotions, both in terms of, like, transitions in life like careers the specter of jack like all of this like they have a good time that's sort of the end result and i just thought that was really nice 
I've already said so many things this discussion, um, but I did want to quickly just shout out the like Lardo shitty relationship. Um, as I mentioned in the very beginning, like in canon, they have a kind of I don't want to say complicated in the way that implies like messy or something like that. Like they're really, really good friends and they care about each other. But there is sort of this like, are they romantic? Are they not through line? Um and I liked the way that showed up in this fic because Lardo is encouraging Shitty. She's like, yeah, you should go for this. Um, and there's a bit where he feels like really in over his head, like at the bar and he goes to the bathroom and he calls her and he's like kind of freaking out. And she's like, you should just like do this. Like you should just have fun. And he seems like a guy who would benefit from being hit on by you. Um, and he's sort of like stammering through his sentence. He can't really get a full question out. He's like, is this, but you, are we? And she was like, are you asking if I'm okay with this because I am or like, are you trying to imply why you're asking my permission? And he was like both. And she's like, okay, we can talk about it later. Um, and it comes up a couple different times. Like after they hook up, Kent is like, by the way, like you should, you should text that friend back. Like you should let her know you're into her. And he, and Shitty is like, okay, thank you for the like unsolicited love advice. Like didn't ask you for this, but I just, I really liked it because it was this layer of like complication, this layer of like, I don't know, I guess acknowledgement to sort of the rest of Shitty's life that is outside of this Vegas bar in this one moment in time. But it was like, it wasn't fraught. Like, Lardo was like giving him the go ahead. Kent was kind of like laughing about it. Lardo beat him in Pong that one time he like went to visit them in college. And he's like, yeah, she seemed pretty cool. Um, So I just really, really liked that dynamic too. Yeah, I think that's going to do it for my conversation on Angles of Unfair Advantage by Misandry Witch. Um... Even if you are not into Check Please, or even if you are not a Kent Parsons stan, would definitely recommend this fic. Um, I think it's pretty clear that all of us really, really loved it. Um, it just feels different than a lot of things that I normally read, and I think it absolutely nailed its execution. Um, and you too could feel like appealed great. So give it a shot. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Fig Click. We really enjoyed having your attention for the last hour and however much it was. Um, if you enjoyed your time, or if you didn't, uh, we have a lot of different ways that you can spend more time with us, your Fig Click hosts, and our community. So whether you're looking for friends or flames, you can find us on Twitter at FitClick, Tumblr at fitclick.tumblr.com. You can also find us on our Discord server where we hang out regularly with Ficklets and everyone talks about fandom and pets and plants. And and sometimes we ask you if um, a character from a comic that you read is still alive and you find out yes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you too could be at our beck and call for <laughs> nonsense questions during recordings. <laughs> Isn't that the dream? <laughs> Yeah, so if none of those appeal to you and you'd rather communicate long form, you can also email us at fitclickpod at gmail.com, and the odds that we reply to you are very high. If you would like to communicate with us in a more circuitous manner, you can also leave us a review. Um, we really appreciate them, and you can do that on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast hosting site that allows for free reviews, so probably not Spotify, but <laughs> if you find a way, go for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, we love to hear your thoughts, and also it really helps us engage with new listeners. Um, despite doing this for nearly two years, we are still a small little pod, and we definitely grow mostly through word of mouth. Um, if you really liked an episode or liked a discussion, uh, please give us a retweet on Twitter. Um, tell your friends. Tell your... 
professor. History teacher. I don't know. I always say family and dog. So I was history teacher is good. I like that one. <laughs> tell your writing tutor. I don't know. Um, <laughs> tell whoever you want <laughs> about this podcast if you think they would enjoy it. Um, we also have some merch. It's up on Redbubble. I designed it with the help of our lovely friend Tiffany. Uh, so you can find the link to that on our Twitter as well and check it out there. So our next episode, which comes out October 1st, is a little bit of a regular episode and a little bit of a special one. We are doing three fix as is our usual, but um, if you've been listening to the past couple episodes, you will know that our two-year anniversary is coming up. Very, very exciting. Yes. So what we decided to do is ask all of you for submissions for fix of a wild variety um and boy did you deliver and we thank you so much yes thank you um we were not sure if this was going to work out the way we wanted it to and we like fully got so many different fandoms fic links everything it was incredible um so we picked our fix by using a random number generator and just grabbing fix at random from everything you guys submitted um so if you are curious to see if your fic was picked you're gonna find out right now so, Brenna, what was your random fic that you pulled? Yes. So, the random fic that I pulled that we are going to be discussing next episode is You Dance Dreams by Lady Ragnell. Uh, this was submitted to us by Bird. So, thank you, Bird, for this submission. Um, it is a fic for Les Mis, um, a fandom I am not familiar with. <laughs> and the pairing, and I hope I pronounced their names right, uh, please do correct me if I'm wrong, um, is for Grantaire and Anhoras. So, yeah, exciting. It's like a college AU with like opera and ballet. So I haven't finished reading it yet, actually. But <laughs> <laughs> I will have before we discuss it. Uh, Nick, what was yours? Yeah, so I pulled Blondes Really Do Have More Fun by Suzuki Blue. And this was a submission by Singular Scenery. Thank you, Singular Scenery. It is a fic for Young Justice, which is a show for sure. It might also be comics. Not really sure. DC comic world. And I am super excited to talk about it. Uh, It is a gender swap fic that looks a lot at gender dysphoria. It has a trans character. Um, Singular Scenery said that it's very heartfelt and sincere, and I would agree with that. So I'm excited to get to talk about it and really dig into all the different pieces of it. Reed, what'd you pull? The fic I pulled is The Wood is Warping, The Lines Distorting by Lil Cricky, and it is for the K-pop band NCT. The pairing is Mark Johnny. Um, This was submitted by Kalista. I hope I'm saying your name correctly. Um, it is Idolverse, which we absolutely love on the pod. Um, Kalisa's notes, she said, exploration of idol sonas, fame, identity, sense of duty, all things that we very much enjoy um, and adore talking about. So yeah, excited to bring that one to the pod next time. Well, Ficklets, until next time, I hope you too find a fic that makes you write slam poetry on the spot. Talk to you later. <laughs> Bye. All right, I got to go forge a new identity since I used up all my old ones. See you next time. Bye. Okay, Ficklets, I'm off to move to a new city and fall in love. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Bye.